Welcome to Tragedy and Triumph in the next edition of the Tragedy and Triumph podcast. I am uh, flying solo today, but uh, wanted to talk to each of you about something that's near and dear to my heart, and the topic is waiting. You know, the reality is it's uh, it's difficult to wait. Um, is there anything in your life that's worth waiting for? Um, maybe, uh, maybe, maybe your child to be born, a grandchild, maybe your first driver's license, maybe that first kiss was worth waiting for, maybe retirement, it was worth sacrificing early to have what you have now, maybe fresh baked cookies from the oven are worth waiting for, or investments to mature. You know, it's hard to wait, though, especially when we want something. I mean, think about this. Have you ever chosen a different restaurant than the one you really wanted to eat at because the line was different? It was shorter at another restaurant? Or maybe you're hungry in the moment when you were a kid and supper was almost done and and you find something to snack on and and your mom quickly walks in the room and says, quit eating those chips, you're going to spoil your supper. You ever settled and bought something different than what you wanted because you could get this item quicker or or cheaper or easier? Maybe you you give in to uh, a relationship because it makes you happy in the moment, but it really doesn't provide fulfillment or meaning for you. How many people settle in life? How many people truly settle in life? Maybe even in marriage. They get married to a person that they're not quite sure even loves them back, but they're just tired of being alone. Or you take a different career path because you're tired of waiting for the one thing you really wanted. It happens all the time. People settle for less than what they really want because they get tired of waiting. I think sometimes people do this with their relationship with God. Maybe you've settled for something less than God's best in a circumstance, so you take matters into your own hands. You're, you're tired of waiting on God to move. You've turned your back on God because your prayer wasn't answered. You prayed and you held out for months or even years and, and it never happened. You decided that, that God maybe wasn't real because you waited and you didn't get a response. Or maybe I'll go ahead and commit this sin because I'll enjoy it in the moment and forget about the consequences at least I'm going to be happy right now. It's interesting that uh, even for someone who maybe has struggled with addiction, um, it's interesting because instant gratification is is one of the one of the greatest things that we struggle with. It's my life isn't going well. I need an escape. I, I need a fix. I've I, I've I've waited uh, before and it didn't happen. Um, you know, the reality is we all struggle with instant gratification. So I want to take just a minute and kind of kind of share a little bit about my story and why Tragedy into Triumph is, uh, is so important to me. You know, I, I grew up a good kid. Um, if, if you were to look at an all-American kid growing up, I, I probably had that. Um, now, what was interesting in my family is that, uh, you know, not always were things as they appeared. 
I learned that later in life, but I certainly didn't know that as a child. I um, I, I grew up and uh, played basketball. Um, I, I was all state as a kid. Um, we uh, our our small school uh, was the first to make it to the state championship. That was a big deal. Um, I had opportunity to to play basketball in college. Um, I ended up playing one year, but uh, that was a roundabout way for me. Coming out of uh, out of school, I uh, I joined the um, United States Army and went into the 82nd Airborne Division. That was good for me and that was bad for me all at the same time. Uh, it was good in the sense that I, I transitioned from being a, a boy to a man and, and, and learned to be, on the surface, more responsible for the decisions that I made. It was bad for me because even in that transition from boyhood to manhood, there wasn't really a lot of accountability. Um, and so, uh, you know, it created a lot of struggles for me that, uh, that I had. Um, I, I was a, I was a pretty good kid until the thing that I wanted didn't quite work out the right way. And, um, I had, I'd, I'd been in a long-term relationship, uh, as a young kid and, uh, had dated the same girl through a lot of years uh, from eighth grade all the way till I graduated high school. I really thought we were going to get married. By the way, sidebar, we didn't. I'm so glad we didn't. But uh, in the midst of it, I had I'd done everything right, was trying to do things the right way. And uh, when, um, when that uh, relationship didn't materialize, I, you know, it led me down a, a dark path. I needed a fix. I, I needed an escape. So so I started dating. I started partying. A compromise that I had because I had a hurt inside and I wanted a quick fix to the hurt became a bigger compromise. It led to a greater need for instant gratification and it led to greater problems. Alcohol led to marijuana, marijuana to acid, acid to cocaine, to, to even crystal meth, I'm ashamed to say, all because I had a hurt inside. I've, I've sold, I've stolen, I've borrowed... I've cheated and uh, I've done some awful things in my life that I'm not proud of. You see, the problem with instant gratification is that it solves the moment. It doesn't solve the problem. Let me say that again. The problem with instant gratification for me was that it solved the moment, but it didn't solve the problem. So let me just ask everybody that's listening to this again, is there anything that's actually worth waiting for? Instant gratification is the desire to experience pleasure or fulfillment without delay. So if we're looking for a definition for instant gratification, it is the desire to experience pleasure or fulfillment without delay. It is basically receiving what you want when you want it. Instant gratification is the opposite of what Scripture teaches, and and the Bible says that we should live our lives for delayed gratification. What's so interesting is that that is so counter to the way it seems we're programmed in our society to live. Um, but the Bible says we're to be patient. For To live in patience is to be rewarded with splendor. Really interesting. 
Romans chapter 8, 25 says, if we hope for what we do not see, we wait for it with patience. Psalm 37, 7, be still before the Lord and wait for him patiently. See, instant gratification places us on the throne and, and delayed gratification places God on the throne. That's what's interesting there. The problem with delayed gratification is that it goes against human desire. So I'll I'll use this example of like a uh, so I'll use this example of like a a baby crying for milk, a toddler maybe throwing a fit because a toy was taken from them. Um, you know there, there there are reasons why I believe it's difficult to wait. I mean. We don't like waiting because it's not easy. Um, you know, age makes a difference too. I think it's harder to wait when we're young. It becomes a little easier when we get older. Mark Twain once said that life would be infinitely happier if we could only be born at the age of 80 and gradually approach age 18. I think it's also hard to wait because of uncertainty. We don't know what tomorrow holds, so it's better to have it now. It's that, it's that old phrase like where a bird in the hand is worth two in the bush, in other words. Our society makes it hard to wait also. I mean, society really does condition us that we shouldn't wait for anything. I mean, um, you know, we, we make an order and, and, and expect it to be delivered instantly. Um, Amazon Prime, right? We shouldn't wait much for, for, for what we'd like to have. We have on-demand de- on movies. I mean, why should you have to wait and rewind a tape? Anybody remember going to a video store and maybe you got a tape that you rented and and uh, that, that VHS was, uh, you know, the people that had it before you, they weren't kind and they did not rewind. Um, you can order a car online and they'll bring it to you the same day. You can, you can ask Google and have the answers immediately. Enjoyment is now, the world says. But what's so interesting about that is can you see how that would affect our, our life? Can you see how that would affect our prayer life? When everywhere else in our lives, we don't wait for anything, why should we have to wait for God? When an addict is hurting right now, why should they wait? I can feel better. I can take something right now, and the pain will go away. My, my insecurities that I have, my struggles, my fears, if I can fill it with the right relationship in the moment, It'll make me feel better about myself, at least for tonight, not understanding the ramifications of, 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 of what that's going to be to my own psyche and my own insecurities moving forward. See, every one of us, every one of us has chosen some form of instant gratification at some point. Maybe it didn't lead to addiction for everybody, but, but, but there, there certainly Every person has struggled with instant gratification. I think it's. I think there's some things that, that, that make that a reality. I think first, it, it it's it is very difficult to wait. It's easier to take matters into our own hands. We think. I mean, like an, an example, there were two brothers that were staying the night over at Grandma's house, and Grandma says, "Well, hey, don't forget, boys, to say your prayers before you go to bed." So, so they they kneel and they 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 pray their prayers, and and they're right beside each other, and and the older brother prays, "Dear God, I wish I could get a new bike for Christmas." And hearing this, the younger brother yells out much louder. Dear God, I also want a bike for Christmas. And the older brother yells, he goes, what's wrong with you? God's not hard of hearing. 
But the younger brother replies, no, but grandma is, right? None of us like to save for things and delay the fun that we could have if we could get it right now. I'll I'll circumvent God in my prayer and go straight to grandma, right? I mean, there's that mentality that exists for all of us. It's that difficult. Nobody likes to wait for things. I mean, society says, we'll finance that for you. I mean, we'll do it for 20% interest, but you can drive home today, right? I mean, here's what's interesting, though. I think instant gratification affects our spiritual lives in more than just waiting on God to respond to us. I think it affects our spiritual lives in in, in even... Um, and even our own personal sense of well-being in our spiritual lives. For instance, God, I made a good decision today, and I've asked for help. I've asked for your help. I'm doing the right things. Why hasn't it turned out the way I wanted it to do? God, why hasn't it turned out the way that I thought it would? God, I'm praying. God, I've been patient. But God, I'm tired of waiting. So, so in your own life, is there anything in your prayer life that you've prayed for for a long time without an answer? What's, if, if you were to answer this question in your own life, what is the most difficult thing about waiting on God? Do you become frustrated when prayers aren't answered quickly? The reality is everybody gets sick of waiting. Everybody. I want to take you to a verse, though. Isaiah chapter 40, verse 31, that I think is, is really interesting as we look at this dynamic about waiting. Isaiah 40, 31 says, Yet those who wait for the Lord, they will gain new strength. They will mount up with wings like eagles. They'll run and not get tired. They'll walk and not become weary. Huh. Let me just say that again. Those that wait for the Lord will gain new strength. What does that new strength look like? Look like? It looks like mounting up with and with wings and soaring with eagles. What does that new strength look like? It looks like running and not getting tired. What What does that new strength look like? Um, it looks like walking and never getting weary. Literally, new strength in this text is strength that doesn't come from within. In other words. You can't have new strength from God if you're not waiting on him. You have to wait to gain new strength. That word wait means, quite honestly, I think we need to define it. It means to stay where you are, to delay action until something happens. So as a person, as we deal with with moving from tragedy into triumph, whatever the tragedy is, we, we we can take matters into our own hands. We can choose instant gratification or we can choose to wait, to wait. Psalm 27 says, wait for the Lord. Be strong. Let your heart take courage. Wait for the Lord. Lamentations 3.25, the Lord is good to those who wait for him, to the soul who seeks him. Interesting. I... Uh, I love this thought about what it means to wait. And, um, you know, there's this, there's this interesting text in James chapter 5. James says, be patient, verses 7 and 8. Be patient, therefore, brothers, until the coming of the Lord. See how the farmer waits for the precious fruit of the earth, being patient about it, until it receives the early and the late rains. You also be patient. 
Establish your hearts, for the Lord, his coming is at hand. Huh. There's this interesting thing about waiting and equating waiting in our life with bearing fruit. Waiting in our life with vegetation growth. Waiting in our life does something inside of us. Shortchanging the process ultimately lends us to feeling empty and to feeling separate, to, uh, to looking for the next great thing, the next great fix, whatever that looks like. Waiting, waiting gives us new strength. Hmm. So we could take matters into our own hands and burn out, or we can wait and gain so much strength that we'll run all the time. And for some odd reason in our running, we won't get tired. We can walk and not become weary. Those that wait on the Lord gain new strength. New strength. If we want to live in the deep things of God, if we want to find supernatural strength, if we want to endure hardship and suffering without quitting, if we really want to soar in our walk with God, we have to wait on God in prayer. There is help for your soul that can only be experienced in waiting. There's peace in praying to him. There is new strength in his name. So what if it were possible to have new strength in your life? I want you just to stop and think about that question. What if it were possible to have new strength in your life? What if it were possible to have so much strength, people wondered about you, wondered where your strength came from? Well, let me let me just kind of end our time together today by, uh, by just kind of sharing a little bit about my story. So, I'm I'm struggling with addiction. I, I get out of the army. I uh, I move to Florida, and uh, um, while I'm in Florida, I uh, I go to a church. I'm, I'm I'm still struggling with a lot of things in my life, and um, and I ask God uh, into my life. I mean, I I will just tell you that that I I certainly believe that God was speaking directly to me that night. And I asked God into my life. And um, never in a million years would I have ever dreamed that I would have taken a path towards, you know, like serving Christ or, or becoming a minister or, or leading, a, leading a, a nationwide simulcast. Um, that was never on my radar. I was just trying to figure out how to make it through. And um, I went to the altar Ask God into my life. I, I, I really did. I, I didn't get up from there without, you know, my struggles. I mean, God didn't immediately take away addiction from my life or, you know, the desire to, to have an escape. But, but I was different. I was changed. That is certain. And, uh, and it started a prayer life. It started uh, a desire to ask for God's help. It, it, decide, it, it, it started a desire to, to see God move in my life, to, to have his assistance and his help. And so uh, while I was uh, there, this, uh, this uh, 
really great lady in the church. Um, she was like the kind of lady, like when somebody says a sweet old lady, um, she was it. Or, 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 or we might use the phrase salt of the earth. That was her. Her name was Frances Tolan. Francis came to me one day. I'm still, I think I smoked a cigarette on my way to church that day and uh, um, maybe had drunk the night before even. And uh, when I went to church, and I mean, when I say drunk, I mean got drunk, um, still struggling with addiction. And, and so anyways, when I, when I showed up at church, she, uh, she pulled me aside and she said, Wendell, I was praying for you. And uh, God wanted me to tell you that uh, um, he wants you to be a minister. And I was like, uh-uh, that's never going to happen to me. She said, well, I, I disagree. She said, would you please pray? And so I, dear sweet old lady, soul to the earth, what are you going to do? Are you going to tell her no? And I said, you know, no, I'll, okay, I'll pray. And I did. She wanted me to take two weeks, and, and pretty soon after that, uh, that was pretty much confirmed. I, I really felt like there was this tug that God wanted me to do something with my life. And, and I'll tell you what's so interesting about that is that that kind of forged something in my life where, where I always want to give people a reputation to live up to. So let me just stop right there and to tell you, whatever you've done in your life, whatever bad decision you made yesterday, there is a reputation that you can live up to. You're not bound by what your past is. You can be different. Life can change for you through the help of Jesus so I, I prayed about it, felt like that was maybe what God was saying. So I went to her and said, okay. She said, well, I'm glad to have you say that. And so the short story is she paid for my first year of college, pretty much wrote me a check in full for my first year of college. I uh, was in Florida at the time. Where am I going to go to college? So um, I ended up uh, going to college at Ohio Christian University and um played basketball there my first year. So there was my first year of basketball after after starting things that way. And uh, um, interestingly enough, that was uh, that was the best thing that ever could have happened to me. I met my, my wonderful wife, and uh, boy, I, I'm, I'm so thankful for how God put things together in my life. Um, so here's, here's what I know. I spent a lot of years trying to take matters into my own hands. Um, when I finally took the time at, at, at Francis's prodding, encouragement, urging me to pray about direction in my life, when I took that time and I did, I found new strength that gave me the greatest blessings in my life. So I don't know where you are today. I don't know what's going on in your life, but... Uh, I do pray for each of you listening to this, and I, I do hope that your life will find new strength as you wait on the Lord. Every time you're tempted to choose something quick over asking God for his perspective, his wisdom, and his help, or as Isaiah said, his strength, why don't you put the pause button on for just a minute, and why don't you, why don't you let God help you? James 1.5 says, if you lack wisdom, he'll give it to you generously. I hope he does that for you. Let me rephrase. I know he'll do that for you. God bless each of you.